I'm Dwight Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. As we come to the end of the 2022 spring semester, I must say it has brought me great joy to feature my Heartland Community College criminal justice students, giving emerging adults a voice. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others two more of my astute students, the imaginative and skillful Mr. Jack Stellano and Ms. Brianna Jones. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having Hello, me. Thank you. I must say that it has been a joy having all the students on the show. You wonderful people are the last, but certainly not least of my introduction to criminal justice students to ever be incorporated into a podcast and learn through applied learning. Before we get into segment one, I want to give you an opportunity to give your thoughts on the class. I've been asking everyone how they have fared or how the class has been going. But since we are at the end, I simply want to ask you guys, this being the week before finals, how did the class go for you? Starting with you, Brianna. It's been a little rocky for me. Um, I I don't know if you might have recognized me, but I took your class previously. Um, Oh, you did? I I did not. I I don't think I was quite ready to have taken the class then, um, being that I was like freshly 18 and I don't think I was ready to jump straight into school. And then of course this semester I had some health issues, but honestly I've loved taking this class. I've loved learning in this class and yeah, it it makes me want to continue to take classes down this, uh, this path of study. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. I appreciate it. Music to my ears. Jack, Mm -hmm. what about you? Yeah. So when I first came here, I wasn't sure about how this class would go because I wasn't too informed about the different types of laws and everything. But, you know, as the fir- after the first week came on, I was like, I really like this. And I mean, I could keep doing this as like a career. So I took it seriously and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. Excellent. So do you guys feel like you learned something about criminal justice? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. OK. Brianna, you too? Yes. All right. And then finally, did you have any problems navigating the course, Brianna? Oh, no, no. I just had some personal stuff I had to go through being sick and all of that. That was my obstacle, unfortunately, this semester. Hey, no worries. No worries, (laughs) sister. 
All right. What about you, Jack? Uh, no, I didn't really. I mean, you, you kept us up to date on everything that was due, and that helped a lot. All right. Very good. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this, guys, by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, your major or planned major, why you enrolled in the course, and give us one career goal. Let's start with you, Jack. Yeah, so I was born in Joliet, Illinois, but I was raised in Braywood, which is an hour north of Bloomington. Okay. Uh, I went to attended Reed Custer High School, which is my hometown. And when I came to Heartland, my major was communications. But then as I took this class, I kind of switched it to criminal justice. I enjoyed it so much. Awesome. And uh, the reason why I enrolled in this class, because ever since I was little, I always had a passion to, you know, be a police officer and then work my way up the ladder to, you know, something more. And I really didn't know the laws. So I took this class to get, you know, a better mind around everything that was going on. And one of my career goals, you know, Outside of college, you know, be a professional baseball player, but that doesn't work out. I'm going to be a police officer. Awesome. Jack, so you play baseball? Yeah, I'm on the baseball team here at Heartland. Oh, man, I am coming out to watch you play, brother. Yeah, for sure you have to one day. We're doing pretty good this year. Okay, I will definitely be out there for the next ball game. When is the next ball game? Uh, We actually play at home on Tuesday against Carl Sandberg. Awesome. Hey, do you guys play Jefferson College from Hillsborough, Missouri? I know you have before. I think actually, no, we don't. That was never mind. We didn't play Jefferson. We played Jones College down in Florida. Okay. But we haven't played Jefferson. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I know you played them before. All right. Very good. Brianna? Um, well, my current major is psychology, Um, but definitely once I transfer over to ISU, I am Considering a criminal justice or or a criminal psychology path, I've possibly thought about adopting maybe an African-American studies minor. That's just my future plans as a student. I guess in terms of the future, the criminal psychology path really interests me. I think I would really like to do something in that regard. But yeah, that's pretty much about it. Okay. Tell me, where where are you originally from? And what, oh, and I'm what a high townie. School? I I tried to admit that as uh, uh, omit that as much as possible. I'm a townie. I'm from I'm from Bloomington, Norway. Oh, are you awesome? Come on yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's not very interesting. So I was gonna omit that. What, which <laughs> which high school did you graduate from? I graduated from Normal Community West. So oh, not awesome. too far around the corner. Very good. So you guys have made the transition from college or from high school to college. Is there one piece of advice that you would like to give to those high schoolers that are aspiring to attend college? Oh, uh, yeah. So from coming as an athlete point of view, I'd say to all those kids who are going out there, you know, make sure you're able to manage your time well, because I've realized, you know, coming from high school, you know, and colleges, you're you're way much more busy than you were in high school. So being able to manage your time and get everything done you need to is something important to start working on and getting a good hold on. That'd be mine. Awesome, Jack. Brianna? I guess I would just say that life is not a race and to take your time to figure out where you're going, what you're doing and what you want to do and to take care of your mental health. I think that's very important. And that's something I wish I would have done coming straight out of high school. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome, Brianna. All right. Segment two. 
Constitutional rights. The theme of our course textbook is individual rights versus public safety. We sometimes are required to give up our individual rights for the safety of the American people, i.e. 9-11 and the insurrection where the courts are ordering insurrectionists to turn over their emails and phone records. We all have individual rights that the system must respect. That said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Beginning with you, Brianna. I I think I remember we were talking about this before. I said if I were to have to choose one, um, it would not be on the ones that we had to choose from. It would probably be the 13th Amendment. Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, To a degree. To a degree. To an extent. Okay. All right. And you say that the 13th Amendment would be your favorite because? Because it was the um, abolition of slavery in terms of free labor. Not, I guess, institutionally, that would have to be my favorite. Awesome, Brianna. Awesome. I I wanted you to actually say it out because I wanted the audience to hear it from you. It's a very, (laughs) very important, and, and I'm sure Jack can appreciate this, it's a very, very important constitutional right for particularly African Americans because, as you point out, it was the abolition of slavery. And Without that right, we really don't have a right to anything else. Right. <laughs> I don't think we would, we would have podcasts or <laughs> quite, quite a bit much else. So, yeah, I have to thank that one. That's awesome. That's awesome, Brianna. Okay, what about you, Jack? Yeah, I would have to say mine's freedom of speech. I mean, the reason that is because with everything that's going around in the world right now, I feel like it's only right to have your voice be heard and not sit back and be quiet because, you know, later down the road, that certain thing could possibly end up affecting you and you had no voice in it. So I feel like freedom of speech would be my favorite one. That's awesome, Jack. What would we do without it, man? I don't, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Not being able to, not being able to speak our mind to Mm -hmm. actually take a stand against the things that we believe in, to actually take a stand against something that we believe is not right. You are exactly right, Jack. Appreciate that, brother. Okay, before we move on to segment three, I'd like to give you the opportunity to weigh in on something no other student has had the opportunity to weigh in on. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It, too, is related to the United States Constitution. Roe v. Wade, 1973, landmark Supreme Court case. With the recent Supreme Court, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news this week, with the recent Supreme Court leak of a 98-page abortion draft, it is believed that justices lied to get on the bench. If the 14th Amendment becomes null and void, it will take us back to the 17th and 18th century. If Roe and Casey are overturned, it would affect interracial marriage Institute for sterilization in search of a perfect human being, perhaps take away a woman's woman's right to choose. Women and doctors will be jailed. American citizens will be fined up to ten thousand dollars. Laws may be created against the use of IUDs and women are going to lose their lives. My question to you is, what is your opinion? I'm just looking for your opinion on a woman's right to choose. Let me start with the woman in the house. 
Brianna. I was hoping so. <laughs> um, I am very uh, pro-choice. I believe in the rights of the individual. Um, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, I, not even just Roe v. Wade, but um, like you mentioned, interracial marriage, that couple of specific in Virginia, they were able to argue their case based off of the individual right to marry and the fact that everyone should have the right to marry. So I think that, again, the, the individual's rights are very important. And I don't think that the government should have a say in people's individual decisions. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Awesome, Brianna. What say Jack? I mean, I kind of I agree with her. And it kind of goes back to like the constitutional right, freedom of speech. You know, it's just like they shouldn't have all the say in the woman's choice to do what she wants with her body because you got to it's like her body and it's her choice to do what she wants, whatever she feels most most needed. So I'd have to agree with her. I mean, it wouldn't be right for the woman not to have a choice in or say in what she wants. Awesome, Jack. It is always been appalling to me as a man it appears that all these men want to try to make the decisions that pertain to what a woman is actually going to be dealing with in life and not to be vulgar but i yet to know or come to understand or realize that or have yet to see that any man has a vagina You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Segment three. Go ahead, Brianna. Go ahead. What I was going to say was that I don't even necessarily believe that it's men per se that are solely alone in making those decisions. Okay. I think that they've also been aided by women with privilege. Oh. Um, And what I mean by that is the voices of the the white women at the front forefront of the feminist movement that kind of have silenced and overlooked the many issues within the feminism movement. Okay. That now it's all of a sudden this gigantic deal because it it's now affecting them when it's been affecting black women and women of color for years. Now all of a sudden it's an issue and now everyone's worried about what will happen to women and women's rights. So I think that, yeah, I think that there was a little bit of blind privilege in those decision makings, too, because the people that are appointed in our government weren't just appointed by men. They were appointed by people who didn't think the laws would affect them until it did, if that makes sense. Awesome point. Well taken, Brianna. All right. Segment three, being a voice for change as emerging adults being educated in a predominantly white America. What say you about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Starting with you, Jack. Yeah, so I mean, I do believe that there's somewhat a little bit of white supremacy still left to a certain point. Okay, and then for with the Black Lives Matter, I I agree that like Black lives do matter. But from what I've seen in the past years of like Hollywood try to show that, you know, they're equal. I feel like there would be a different and better way to show if you know what I'm trying to say here. Okay. With, without causing destruction or anything. Okay. Or, but I do believe that black lives do matter and that there is somewhat of white supremacy still left to a certain point. Awesome, Jack. And when we say that black lives matter, we certainly, would you agree or not saying that white lives, uh, Italian lives 
any other Hispanic lives do not matter. Would you agree? I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I believe all lives matter and black lives are included in everyone you just said. Mm-hmm. So that's my stance. I believe that, yes, black lives matter. But at the same point, all lives matter at the same time because we're all equal. Excellent. Excellent, Jack. Brianna? I would say that, yes, white supremacy does exist. Um, that is my flat out answer. Um, I wouldn't say there's varying degrees of it because I think that there's some parts that in, I guess, to no offense, Jack, there are some things that you might not even be aware of or conscious of that happen, that happen because of white supremacy and that you're able to move throughout society without knowing that that is due to white supremacy. Whereas I'm faced with realities every day that like I come to the conclusion it's because this is how things were set up in our country. And the Black Lives Matter movement per se, I don't know. It's kind of like if you can, if you repeatedly bully someone over and over and over again, and then they decide to go hit the bully in the face, and then you tell them, maybe you should use your words. Hitting them isn't the best way to do it. You know, it's like trying to temper the reaction of a marginalized group of people that's continuously taking hit after hit after hit. I don't necessarily agree with the violence, but I can't tell other black people that they're wrong and wanting to express their, uh, their frustration and, and anger because I'm just as frustrated and angry as they are not to the extent of, you know, ruining property and, and looting and burning things. But I understand that they're frustrated and there has to be some sort of attention to it. I think that's why they're doing it is because they feel like, well, just talking about it isn't enough. Just talking to the police isn't enough. Just talking to legislators isn't enough because it keeps getting pushed back. It keeps getting uh, swept under the rug. So when you go and light something on fire, obviously people are going to go pay attention. You know, I think that's the reactionary actions of the black community. Um, But I do think that there needs to be more leadership and more um, conversations Awesome. With how yeah. to bring it to the government. Awesome, Brianna. Awesome. All right. I asked all my guests, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Beginning with you, Jack. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I would like to see them have a better and safer resolution for the COVID-19 pandemic because, no, I don't, I mean, there's a lot of different beliefs on the vaccines and everything, the shots, but us people aren't 100% informed on what are in those shots and what are those shots are basically made of that's going into our body and how could it affect us years down the road. So I feel that maybe I would like to see them take a better step towards a vaccine or whatever that would help against COVID-19. Awesome, Jack. Rihanna? Um, I, I think I do agree. Um, I was gonna, I was thinking earlier, I just think that there's been kind of a lot of invalidating of scientists and doctors, I think, over the past couple of years. Um, and that's just overall, including like climate change, what's in the vaccination, what's going on with pandemic. I feel like doing more research in those areas would definitely help us because we're seeing people talking about the world ending and we're talking about, you know, different variants of the vaccination we've been having for the same, this is like the third year. I think that that's what I would like to see them 
focus on a little bit more in addition to wiping out student loan debt. Ah. But, <laughs> but um, that, that, yeah, I would like to see that as well from the Biden administration. Awesome, Brianna. Very good. All right. Voter suppression. Is there a correlation between voting and the criminal justice system? In other words, as we cast our vote, can our, the casting of our vote impact the criminal justice system in a positive way? Let's start with you, Brianna. I definitely think so. When you mentioned it, I thought of Trump versus the Georgia election votes um, and how they claim that a lot of the votes were illegitimate from black and brown voters. When we put the power in those people's hands, I feel like it could go one or two ways. And this is an example of black and minority votes being seen as illegitimate or being questioned, although we also have the right to vote as well. I just think that that like directly affects how we choose our legislation and stuff. Jack? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I really do believe that our vote and who we vote in to be like to office has, you know, could be a positive effect, could be a negative effect, because with who we vote in may have a different stance than we do on policing or criminal justice. And if they don't like one thing they do, but then we like the way they do it, you know, that could be taken away and it affects us negatively. And we're not going to have a say in there because, you know, he's the president and we're just someone living here, you know, following the rules that he's given those police officers or criminal justice guys. So, I mean, yeah, there is a positive and negative effect to it, which whatever way the guy in charge believes Awesome, Jack. And I'll just point out that President Trump actually, as a result of being president, got three Supreme Court justices confirmed. James P. McReynolds and Thurgood Marshall were two totally different Supreme Court justices. One was a racist and the other was a social justice advocate. I won't go into James McReynolds history, but I'll put a link in the show notes so everybody can actually click on. They can actually... Uh, see that uh, the Supreme Court has had some evil people serve on the court. Then finally, any thoughts, you guys, on free community college? I think one of y'all might have mentioned. I don't know. Was it you, Brianna? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I said uh, that hopefully the Biden administration could wipe out student loan debt as soon as possible. I do think that community college should be free. But I also, you know, there, there are requirements to get into college. I had this conversation with my parents. It's not like once they make it free, you could just show up at the doorstep and say, I want to take classes. Like there's still admission and there's still, you know, GPA requirements and, and things like that. Satisfactory academic progress that you have to make um, just because it's free doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to get to go. But I do think it should be a available option for everyone. Awesome. Jack? Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, completely free. I would I would like them to, you know, base it off, base the cost off of where you're from. Say if you're from, you know, a richer, you know, suburb or somewhere like that compared to a poor, you know, little town like where your parent, like you may maybe have one or one parent or whatever. I feel like they should base it off that because in that case, it would help a lot more people, you know, from from a standpoint of everywhere. So I feel like it shouldn't be completely free. I feel like it should be based off of what your family has that that they have in order for you to go and get that education. Awesome, Jack. 
So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Heartland Community College students at the front end of their college careers, important constitutional rights, and emerging adult voices on how to make America great. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed. speak. <laughs>